Today, licensed therapist Nedra Glover-Tawab is here and helping us identify gaslighting behaviors and the signs to look out for. When you get to a space in your relationships where things are unhealthy and you're questioning yourself and you haven't done anything, that is a time to consider is this gaslighting? Sought after a relationship expert for over 13 years, featured in the New York Times, Essence, Forbes, and author of Set Boundaries, Find Peace, she is here empowering us to set boundaries and say once and for all, enough is enough. I love that girl, thank you for saying that. You're making a choice to mistreat me. It doesn't matter why, how, what happened. I can't think of a reason you could do it. So how do we find the confidence to stand up for ourselves in manipulative relationships? One of my favorite boundaries is standing up for myself. It is knowing who I am, knowing my worth, and valuing that over, um, over what people might think. So get your notepads because you won't want to miss a thing this woman said. Welcome to Women of Impact with the boundary builder herself, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. Uh, of course. So last time we went really deep in talking about manipulation and how couples or people can manipulate you in your life and then how mm. to then set those boundaries. What I really want to talk about today is go really deep into the manipulation, very specifically gaslighting, mm. because I feel like at least for myself, um, I I didn't realize I was being gaslit when I was younger in another relationship. And so I wonder how many people don't realize they're actually in a relationship where this is happening to them. And the reason why I want to start there is to kind of start to unravel some things and then go into once you recognize it, how to then act in accordance. Absolutely. Well, gaslighting is sneaky. It sneaks right up on you because you don't, like you said, you don't realize it's happening. But when you get to a space in your relationships where things are unhealthy and you're questioning yourself and you haven't done anything, that is a time to consider, is this gaslighting? Because there are so many times when we upset someone and they blame it on us. Or when we um, ask for something and they tell us, they tell us our need is too big when we are trying to express ourselves and they say, you didn't express yourself good enough. Mm -hmm. And these things can be really scary. And we think like, oh my gosh, do I need to improve my communication? And when you're being gaslit, there's no better way to communicate. You could say it five different ways, a hundred different times. And this person will say to you, you're not being clear. You're not asking for what you want. And really what they're not saying is, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't have the capacity or I'm unwilling. And with gaslighting, I think the biggest challenge is you replay in your head all of the details of what was said, what you did, what the other person did, where you possibly made a mistake and you blame yourself. And it's really not your fault. And it's strategic behavior on the other person's end. Yeah. Wow. 
thank you for breaking that down. And you've done a post recently about this. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd like to kind of go a little deeper on those points that you just mentioned and really start to break them apart and know when that is a true sign of it versus just a little, let's say, misstep in a relationship or, you know, communication issue. Mm -hmm. So number one, you say you question your sanity. Mm -hmm. So how do you know then when you question your sanity, if it actually is gaslighting mm -hmm. or if it's like, oh, no, actually, the chemicals in my body were making me think, you know, having a response to something where actually it was over the top. Mm. It's always helpful if we have a good sounding board. And I'm not talking about people who will always agree with you, but perhaps a therapist, an elder, a parent, someone who will honestly let you know. Well, you were you were wrong in this situation or I, I, I see your perspective here. Someone who can be honest. But sometimes everyone can say to you, there's nothing wrong with what you did. And when you're still questioning yourself like there must be because this other person is saying so, that's when you have to step in and say, OK, perhaps something else is happening here. Perhaps I'm not the person who is at fault because 10 people are mm. saying I don't think this thing is your fault. So you have to believe your crew. That's great. Because that then goes into the second one where it's like apologizing even when it's not your fault. And these, correct me if I'm wrong, with these tips that you found yourself doing when you realized you were in a gaslighting relationship? Absolutely. The apologizing, it is a way to make the other person calm down, to make them feel more at ease, to disarm them, or even to repair the situation. So when you apologize, and sometimes you don't even really mean it, you're just using it as a peace offering, like, okay, let's move past this. Maybe I was wrong, even though I know I wasn't. Let's just move past this so things could be smooth again. It is a betrayal of self because nothing has been improved, but you have put out this sort of I want this to be better without the other person being accountable for their actions. Hmm. So how do you, in those moments, let's say you recognize this isn't my fault mm -hmm. and you go to find yourself apologizing, but you catch yourself because let's say they've just watched this episode and they heard you say that. Um, what would you then say? Because part of me actually thinks, well, isn't that on you? Like, isn't it my responsibility to, to not apologize when it's not my fault versus it's that person pressuring me? Like, how do you know that that's the um, problem in the relationship versus your own problems? Like you said, it's self-betrayal. Well, anytime you're trying to apologize to keep the peace, that's not an authentic apology. An authentic apology is I feel like I have truly wronged you. Mm. I apologize and I'm willing to change my behavior. If you're just saying I'm sorry to say I'm sorry, it's not very helpful. It won't be useful in the future. You'll constantly be apologizing because you don't even know when you're doing something wrong or mm. what is wrong. Um, so you have to be able to apologize from a space of I really mean this and not this is the next step so we can just move on from this and forget about it. I think sometimes with kids, there has been this spirit of apologize to them, mm. apologize to, you know, with parents, apologize to your sister, apologize to your brother. And then the kids five minutes later, they're doing the same thing because they don't mean it. And do you find that in, in a relationship where someone is gaslighting, the other person will do that to you? Or is it the opposite? They won't apologize. Both. I think, well, 
they typically don't apologize because they don't believe it's their fault. Mm -hmm. They don't think they did anything. It's on you. When you bring a, a situation to a person and then they pin the situation on you, it's not their fault. I've certainly heard of someone, you know, perhaps going to their partner and saying, hey, the other night you were yelling at me. Please don't do that. Well, you provoked me because you asked me a question that I don't like. Still not a reason to yell. Mm. <laughs> it's not a reason to yell. I came to you with with this issue and now the conversation has switched to I provoked you. And then it's like, well, I'm sorry for provoking you and, and you've apologized and your whole issue has gone out the window. So you can't even talk to them about being yelled at because it was your fault that that they yelled at you. And mm. Again, even with kids, you have to tell them that it's not okay for people to yell at you. And if I do it, I made a mistake and I, I apologize. It's not okay. How much then, because that's actually super interesting. How much do we, should we be looking into our history and our past and what we were taught and how our parents brought us up to be able to assess, um, our actions now? Mm. I think the biggest thing is changing your behavior now. And then secondary, you can look at the past and figure out why it happened. But when you know something is a problem, the business is doing something better today, not going through this. Oh, my gosh, where did I learn? That's great. Mm. That's a great piece of it. I'm so happy you know your origin story for this behavior. I need you to stop doing this thing today and figure out the story of why later. Because if we get into this cycle of I can't do anything until I figure out why I'm doing it, we won't change our behavior. That may take time. But today, what you need to do is, you know, maybe not blame things on people, not yell at people, not um, point fingers when you are responsible for something. And I think it's very hard to acknowledge that you're at fault for something. It doesn't feel good to be accountable. It's not my favorite thing, but it is a thing that I do because it is necessary and I normalize it. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. We're humans and I'm not supposed to be perfect. So if I yelled at you, if I was late to your party, if whatever happened, I apologize because you're right. I'm wrong. I'm not going to justify it. Mm. I'm not going to give you a reason as to why it's OK for me to do this thing to you. It's completely OK to not be perfect. I love that girl. Thank you for saying that. Um, but then in those moments, how do you know when, um, you, you don't want to just keep saying, Oh yeah, that was my fault. Okay. That was me. And cause part of, um, I know that in your list that you've got on your, you know, Instagram post is, um, almost always blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. So where's the difference or where's that fine line between taking the ownership and saying, yeah, this was my fault. That's on me to then taking all the ownership and blame. Um, in a relationship? Well, we show up in most of our relationships as the same type of person. So if you accept blame with your partner, you probably do it with your friends at work and all these spaces. And it's important for us to notice a pattern. When we get into the spirit of always saying, okay, it was me just to get out of having uncomfortable conversations or having to deal with something very challenging, we have to look at that behavior because everything is not your fault. Some things are, mm -hmm. but everything is not. 
especially in relationships. There are two people. That means that there's two sets of energy present. So what did I contribute? What did you contribute? Um, perhaps some things are on me. And sometimes this thing isn't on me, but it's important to think about your patterns in relationship. And if your pattern is to always say, okay, it was me. All right. I'm sorry. That's something that you may want to work on to be able to stand up for yourself and be assertive and say, I didn't do that. I did not do that. So let's say you're in that situation and you have the, you know, courage, because I think it is brave, especially if you're in a habit for so much of your life to be mm -hmm. taking that on yourself. Mm -hmm. When you finally say, how do you do that um, where it's not accusatory necessarily to the other person? Because we all know that when someone comes at you like, hey, I didn't do this. This was you. Immediately you do put those defenses and those walls up. Arguing is a choice. Mm. Arguing is a choice. And when someone who I know, oh, I know it. I could feel it right now. I'm thinking of situations. <laughs> it's like, I know this wasn't me. I will not argue with you about something being my fault when it wasn't. I won't do it. Because the argument is really, you have to agree with me. And I disagree. Mm -hmm. I'm stating that now. And I don't care how many times we go back and forth. I'm not changing my mind on that. Mm -hmm. Because there are some things that I'm just not responsible for. And there are some things that I am responsible for. I'm, I'm typically not responsible for any ways that I'm being mistreated by a person. So if you're trying to convince me that I did something for myself to be mistreated, that, no. <laughs> we, we can't have a conversation about that because that's not true. You're making a choice to mistreat me. It doesn't matter why, how, what happened. I can't think of a reason you could do it. Mm -hmm. There's no justifiable reason. So you can't convince me that I am causing harm to myself <laughs> in, a, in a way from another person. That doesn't make sense to me. I love that, but so many people fall into that trap. So what is it that there, is it the, um, is it not having confidence in that area to then stand up for yourself? Like that's mm -hmm. so strong girl. And I assume it's not a, you, you maybe, I mean, maybe this is a misassumption, but that you weren't always very strong and very upfront and very um, articulate and honest about your feelings or were you? To an extent. I mean, I, I remember the first time, well, the first time I ever remember being given the silent treatment. Um, by someone after not acknowledging that or not apologizing for something I didn't do. <laughs> they tried to say like, you know, you're the reason I acted this way. And the way they acted was terrible. It was very volatile. And it was like, it was your fault. And I'm like, no, no, I refused. And, you know, this person didn't talk to me for a year because I refused to apologize. And I said, I'm not apologizing for something I'm not responsible for. And when they bring it up to this day, I still state the truth. That was your fault. That was not on me. I didn't do anything wrong. And you cannot convince me that I did because you don't want to be accountable for the way you behaved. I think you have to deal with yourself. Sometimes we do things that we're not proud of. 
and you have to deal with that. And when you deal with that, that helps you to do better in the future. But if you're ignoring it, that means that you continue to to mistreat people and to behave in ways that are unhealthy in your relationships. Mm. So I'm not helping you by saying, oh, OK, well, maybe you didn't do it. No, I know what happened. There were witnesses. <laughs> And you will not convince me otherwise, and there will not be an apology on my behalf. God damn. So how on earth do we help other people that may not have the confidence to say that? Because that is so powerful. Like, I'm I'm feeling, like, even more, like, energetic just by you <laughs> saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, I want to be a cheerleader. But, like, in those moments, right, let's say you're feeling insecure, you've been in a relationship for a while, someone's been gaslighting you, you watch this episode, they hear everything you're saying, but mm-hmm. it is hard to then make that shift into, mm-hmm. I'm going to now have the confidence to stand by this. How do you encourage people? What are the things that they can do in order to stand strong in that conviction? Mm -hmm. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happened after many years of experiencing this. And I just got tired. I just got tired of it because I I knew it wasn't my fault, but I never had the courage before that moment Mm -hmm. to say that this is not my fault. Um. But it took it took years for me to get to that place with that person. And once I did it, it gave me the freedom to continue to do it Mm -hmm. because I don't like people to revise history. What do you mean by that? Make up things that aren't true. You know, this is what happened. It is like, oh, well, let's call these seven other people who were present to really verify that that's not what happened. And it does benefit you to say this is how that occurred, but that's not how it occurred. And I get that. Again, it's very hard to sit in the things that we do when we when we wrong people. I feel really bad about, you know, some of the the things that I've done, but I'm like, you know, I did do those. Mm. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it. 
especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I remember um, someone was trying to call me out for saying something mean and they were trying to catch me off. Well, like, well, you said this about them. And I was like, I did. <laughs> I did. And I stand by it. That was the truth. Mm. I wasn't making up anything. Mm. I did. And the person that was there and they're like, thank you for saying. Yeah, I don't want to deny that. I did say that. I did. Because now we're talking about integrity. If I will be dishonest about what I actually said. And I don't want you to think of me as a liar. And I did say this mean thing, but I don't want to be, you know, mean and a liar. (laughs) I'd rather just be mean. I don't want to be both. (laughs) Because also you can't change the past, right? And so it's like if you did it, you did it. But people are going to look at who you are now and say, okay, if she can own it, then it does show you character, right? Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I, I haven't always done the best things or said the right things or, you know, None of us have. Mm. And so, yeah, I own that. I Maybe I didn't say that properly or maybe, yeah, I said this thing like, oops, my bad. <laughs> you, you live and you learn. And I think we have to hold space to not be perfect and to acknowledge when we are harming other people. Mm. I love playing games. It's such a fun way this summer to embrace being a kid again and just let go of life's complications and issues. Which is why I love partnering with Best Fiends, who offers just that. Best Fiends is the five-star rated mobile puzzle game packed with super fun brain challenges and never-ending entertainment. With Best Fiends, you can find new cute characters to collect or a new level to defeat, and another new level after that, because they have guys over 5,000 levels to keep you challenged. So download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. So true. Um, I just want to take back, you just said something that I really want to like kind of go deep on. So you said, I said, how did you get here? And you said, it took a long time for me to do it. And then that was the first time that you really said it out loud. And then that gives you the confidence and encouragement to then stick to it. What um, over obviously years, you know, of practice and practice, what did that really look like? What um, work, internal work did you really have to do in order for you to get to that point where you could have the courage to speak up and say that? Um, are there any key things in those years of work that you had to do that other people can take and try on themselves? One thing that happened was I got tired of having these conversations in my head about what I should have said. The should have said conversations like I should have said this. And when they said that, I should have said this. And what if I would have said and I'm I'm like, I have to start saying this stuff 
because my should have said conversations are so good. <laughs> they are amazing. I, I just have to start to say these things because without it, I, I would be, you know, thinking about this thing, saying it to 50 people. Now my conversations, when I tell people the story of something, it's like, this is what I said. And then this is what they said. Mm -hmm. It's not, I should have told them this, or I was thinking this. It's, mm -hmm. this is what happened. And people are often shocked. It's like, you said that? I'm like, that's exactly what I said. Because people, I have found that we have a lot of internal dialogue and it takes years for us to get to the space of being able to externalize a lot of the things that we're thinking. And it does take practice that helps. Um, but really the biggest thing is doing it the first time. Mm. The first time you do it, there is a sense of relief that you feel for standing up for yourself. There's a sense of pride. How good does it feel to no longer be the victim? It feels amazing. I am getting better at getting to that point faster. Mm. I want to get there faster. That's my goal. Okay. I want to be there the first time. Yeah. <laughs> That's I truly my goal. I want to get there the first time. <laughs> and so how are you doing that? Practicing. Yeah. Practicing. When it, when it happens, just... Sometimes, even if I don't say it right away, I've gotten better with saying it soon after. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's progress. I'm not sitting with it for years. I'm not sitting with it for months and days and weeks. And I'm just like, okay, let me go ahead and say, let me just call them 10 minutes later yeah. and say this thing. And what I love about that as well is it's like you, you don't really beat yourself up in the process, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm just trying to get better every day. It's not mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm, I have to be perfect or not, right? Because when you slip up once, at least for me, if I'm like, okay, don't do this. And then I slip up, I beat myself up. Mm -hmm. But if I just, if I don't tell myself, don't do it, but I'm just like, okay, take that timeline, right? Like you said, that would be two, three years. And now just do it in 10 minutes. You practice it enough where it then becomes more instinctual and it just becomes naturally part of your vocabulary, the way you show up every day. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite boundaries is standing up for myself. I want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's being assertive. Yeah. It is knowing who I am, knowing my worth and valuing that over um, over what people might think and, you know, people pleasing and that sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. if I need rest, I'd hate to overcommit myself. I have a headache at the end of the day. Now I'm you know, I'm doing all of these things to recover mm -hmm. when I should have said no. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in your mind then between assertive and aggressive? Because I find that it's such a fine line and I worry that I spill over too much into aggressive. And the second you do, I think, it, um, especially if you're in a debate or a discussion, mm -hmm. um, I don't like to go over to aggressive because then I think people then dismiss your point. Mm. So some very clear signs of aggression is yelling, screaming, name calling, demeaning. Those are all aggressive. Um, typically body, sometimes body language, trying to, mm. you know, stand over someone, intimidate them. Those things can also be aggressive. Mm. Assertive is clearly stating what you want or need, being mindful of your tone mm. and trying to say it in the right setting. Hmm. Cause yeah, I try to be like, okay, don't, you know, be firm because mm. that's part of me. It's like, am I, I'm like, do I have the strength to say this out loud, right? Mm -hmm. Like the courage you build up. It's like, no, you know, you need to be assertive. You need to stand by what you believe in, everything that you're just saying. 
And then sometimes it comes out, I worry it comes out aggressive. But I'm mm. like, but I just said like, no, this is how it is. Like I try to be very succinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that kind of like slow crossover or even just if the person receiving it may perceive assertiveness for aggressiveness. So the perception is something we can't worry about. We can mm-hmm. be very assertive and say, hey, I'm not able to come to your party. No one has been harmed. There have not been any explicit exchanges. I can't come to your party. And someone could say that was very aggressive for you to tell me like that. So there are times when we're not being aggressive at all. We're just naming what we can, can't do, what we're willing or mm-hmm. unwilling to accept. And people will say you are being aggressive. Um, there has been a lot of, you know, conversation, things, think pieces about women being perceived as aggressive simply for being assertive. Mm. And that is true. And black women being angry mm. by being by being assertive. And so I think it's so important to be aware of what the difference is. And I think with black women in particular, um, culturally, there is a way that we speak. You are a Greek woman. There is a way that you speak within your culture. And mm-hmm. for cultures outside of that, that might seem like they're yelling. And it's like, no, that's just how they talk. Or, you know, if I just say no, it's like, oh, she's aggressive. It's like, no, that's just how we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's so true because my husband, who is, um, you know, I come from a very good, a traditional Greek background. When he first met my family, he was like, everyone is so rude. I'm like, what? Yeah. My family is so Loving. Loving. I was like, what do you mean rude? Mm. He goes, people keep talking over each other. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> and he's like, what? But his perception of it was that we were just being rude. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, if you, if you want to get a word in in a Greek family, you've got to have to step on each other's words. Otherwise, you will never get a word in edgewise. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, the, the difference in culture. So what do you, is it basically then that's just them? That's how they're going to perceive it. You need to be, you don't need to worry about other people. You just have to focus on whether you are being aggressive or assertive. That's some of it. But I think if you're talking about culture, some, some, some people are given a consequence for just mm-hmm. saying, well, I'm just being assertive, right. you know, in a corporate environment. It's like, hey, you can only be so assertive. You need a job. Mm-hmm. And so if that's just you being assertive, you may have to explain your behavior. You may have to be um, more considerate about how you say things. So there are times where, yeah, you you don't want to overthink the perception, but you know, there are things that will cause you to say, you know, I need to because my livelihood is dependent on how this could be perceived. So it's really important to understand that it's excellent where you could just be authentic and speak your truth. But there are some environments where people are not able to do that. And we have to consider that as well. Yeah, God, that's so true. Um, I want to follow up on something where you just said is basically you can't ex- you can't affect other people and how they behave. You can only affect how you behave and how mm-hmm. you show up in a relationship and how you interact with people. And you actually did a post about um, almost like taking ownership, like this is what you need to do. And all of them, there's seven of them, all of them start with stop doing X, Y, and Z. And I found that fascinating. One, because it means that we do all the things. So mm-hmm. where do we learn the behaviors that we then start and implement in a relationship that we've got to the point where we have to stop it, if that made any sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read them off to you and I'd Ooh. love to go through them. Okay. Um, but again, it really hit me that every one of them starts with the word stop. Mm-hmm. So stop avoiding conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, is that because we 
instinctually avoid conflict. Absolutely. And conflict is a growth tool, I think, um, because we have these conversations that are necessary. Hopefully the relationship or the situation continues and we know better. Mm. How will you understand what temperature you and your husband would like your home at if there's no conflict about the thermostat? <laughs> so there are so many conversations we have to have that we just avoid. And so we'll, okay, I'll just leave it at 65. If you don't like 65, just say we need to meet in the middle and maybe do 70 if I like it at 75. Mm. So just having those conversations can be so helpful. So stop avoiding them because they can really put you in a space to feel more comfortable in the relationship. Mm. I love that. Um, okay. Number two, stop trying to win fights. Mm. Instead of focusing on communication, understanding, or resolution, we focus on who's right here. Mm -hmm. And really, we're both wrong. And what we need to do is probably a blend of both. Or maybe someone's idea is better than the other once we talk it through. But you don't need to win a fight. It's not a sport. Mm -hmm. It's not basketball. Nobody's getting a championship ring. But lots of people end up divorced. Lots of people end up um, without friendships, without relationships, because they are focused on winning the fight. And this is not a game. It is real life. And we have to treat that as a sacred practice. And we have to understand and we have to listen and, and resolve when we can. So why do we essentially want to win? Is it to protect our own egos? Yeah, it, it feels good to be right. You know, I love saying I knew it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Don't you like to be right? Yeah. I knew they weren't going to be open when I came up here. <laughs> it just feels good. It could be about any old little thing, a big thing, whatever. It's like, you know, playing the lottery with life. I knew it. Yeah. It feels good. Um, okay, you got stop denying other people's feelings. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Again, do we do it because it's it? feels bad if you have to admit that you hurt somebody so it's easier to kind of dismiss it? We want people to feel how we feel. And when they don't feel like us, we want them to be able to justify how they feel and why, because we don't understand it, because that's now how I would feel in that situation. And we don't all have to experience the same things in the same way or mm -hmm. even different things in a way that you would experience them. And so it's unreasonable to think that we would have the same experience, even people who grew up in the same homes, you know, siblings. My understanding of this may be different than your understanding of this. And it doesn't mean that either of our understandings are wrong. It's just mm -hmm. how we understood things. And so often we want people to, well, your feelings are not, he was like this, this was, like, and it's like, Yo, can I just have my experience? It doesn't have to be like your experience. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We experience things differently based on personality or who we are, what's happened in life and tons of other things. So we don't have to have the same takeaway. I love that. And even kind of going, tying that with um, winning or losing, sometimes there is no right or wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, the state of being and when you're trying to either argue your position or like you shouldn't feel like that well now that doesn't help any situation mm -hmm. that doesn't help you guys as a mm -hmm. couple um and now it's just kind of almost like make like if someone was to say that to me i would just start to feel badly about myself mm -hmm. that um the way that i was seeing it was being judged yeah I think about the you know the, the thermostat i tend to err on the side of please have it hot toasty 
78, you know, like I love it. Um, but there is no right or wrong for a thermostat. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Who is the judge? <laughs> yes, exactly. There is no rule. There is no law. And we're, we really argue about things that are preferences. Hmm. This is my preference for how we communicate. This is my preference for how we handle the bills. This is my preference for how we set the thermostat. There is no rule, but lots of things that we argue about. It is preference. It's not rules. It is place, places in our relationship where we need to communicate more. God, I've never thought about it as being preferences because when you put it like that, it's almost like that doesn't seem like an argument that would happen. Like if you sit down and go, what's your preference? Oh, well, my preference. <laughs> but like, there's almost like, is there room for an argument? You're like, no, you're wrong. But, but your preference is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I actually really like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes, I, going back to the preferences, I often think that many of the things that we follow are just preferences. Like when we say, is this right to do? It's like, it's your preference. Mm. So what is your preference here? Because these are not laws. These are things that we are just deciding for ourselves. Now, I can tell you my preference in this situation, but it might not match your preference. And it doesn't mean that your preference is wrong. It just means that our preferences are different. So how do we if we're going to exist in this relationship, how do we come to some mutual understanding about this thing? Wow. You need to do something with that word. Like, it's just, it re <laughs> honestly, it's completely reframed everything. Mm -hmm. Because again, no one's going to say, well, your preference is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think um, in relationships, being able to sit down and having those discussions about life, right? Like, what's your preference on what to eat for dinner all the way to what's your preference on how many children we have, mm -hmm. right? It, it can really um, open up a dialogue mm -hmm. without someone feeling like either they're being attacked or you're attacking them for their thoughts and opinions. Yeah, when I work with couples who are dating and engaged or even newlyweds, when we go through how do you want to talk about finances, I say, what is your financial preference? Because mm. you don't have to put all your money together. You don't have to have things separately. You don't have to 50% this or 50. These are all preferences. So mm -hmm. what do you feel works for you? Now, typically the preference is what they've observed with their parents, what they've observed with other couples, but let's talk about what works for your relationship because those things may not even work. And so what we're doing here is building a foundation of what works for you as a couple, which is a unique experience. It's not anyone else's blueprint. So you have to do what works for you. And I don't state my preference, uh, but what works for you? Because I don't know, maybe my thing doesn't work for you. Mm. So I'm really interested in finding out what your preference is for how to handle the, the finances in your relationship. Yeah, God, that's so good. God, Nedra, honestly, your advice, your tips, your takeaways are so freaking like clear and like it's so digestible. And that's why I was so glad that you came back on. Where can people find you? Where can people find all the good stuff that you're doing and your Instagram fire girl? Yes. So Instagram, um, I am at Nedra Tawab and that is the place that I'm most present. I have a book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, a guide to reclaiming yourself. And I have a workbook coming out in oh. December that is the companion to that book because we all need practice, right? So I am, I am just so excited to be able to show up in this space and to help folks. That's amazing. 
Guys, guys, go check out the first interview I did with her. That was also fire. Go over to her website, get her book. This woman honestly just gives you the no BS tips and tricks of how to set boundaries, how to handle those in relationships, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with a friend or a parent. So go check her out. If you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, guys, what are you doing? Press that button, subscribe now. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Self.